Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you ready to get your sports banter on? Brian Hemminger, love child of Albert Einstein and Howard Cosell, with a body chiseled by Zeus himself. Brandon Sharples, a man who could beat Mike Tyson. In a spelling bee, together they form the At Odds Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your one of your hosts, Brian Hemminger, and we have a fantastic show in store for you guys today. It is good to be back after two full weeks off. Um, we had some a dental emergency, and then we had a uh, career uh, opportunity back to back weekend or Wednesdays. So we're back, though. We're and we're back, and we're back for good. Just letting you know, uh, I don't care if my teeth are all falling out of my mouth. I will be back next Wednesday. So, uh, in today's show, we'll be talking the NBA Finals, which the Golden State Warriors lead three to nothing. We're going to be talking some UFC drama with their champion Demetrius Johnson. We've got a nice little. Uh, topic of discussion on milestones in relationships and when some of these disgusting things are okay. And then of course your rant of the week and Hems gems and whatever else will be taking all of your calls during the episode. And of course we have a live chat room on the blog talk radio site. So without further ado, let's bring in my co-host for the evening. He is silky smooth. Brandon Sharples. How you doing? What up? What up? What up? Good to be back, guys. This is your handsome co-host, Brandon Sharples, and uh, we have a great show for you tonight. Uh, like Brian said, we uh, had a two-week layoff. Brian pussied out when he chipped a tooth and said he couldn't speak. I think he was having a well, panic attack. Well, <laughs> part of it was was the tooth. I was sick, and then I just passed out. Like I just was not feeling good. <laughs> so it was just a combination of a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, I got it. And then uh, I had an opportunity for a, a job position at the VA hospital up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and uh, I got the job offer. I took the job offer, so I will be taking my talents to Ann Arbor, and I uh, will be doing some school up there at UM and, and, and working in the oncology unit up there in uh, in Ann Arbor, so I'm pretty excited. Yeah. There you go. Yep. So big things happening for both of us. Uh, oh, although yeah. they're bigger for you because my big <laughs> thing was my tooth cracked. <laughs> What'd you crack it on? Dude, it was a piece of pizza. <laughs> what? It wasn't even anything hard. Like bit <laughs> into a piece of pizza and I was just chewing on it and then I just all of a sudden I was chewing on something hard, way harder than pizza, and I just started spitting out like little chips of, of a tooth of one of my molars. Like the the back like 
quarter of one of my molars, I think, that had been uh, repaired before for having a cavity. Like something had gotten in there and rotted away or whatever on the inside, and then just a, the back, like, quarter of the whole molar, like, broke off. Nice. Not nice. <laughs> that was more of a sarcastic. So, uh, well, whatever. We're back on track. We're going to win some fans back. I think we lost mm-hmm. some interest. But we're ready here. We're ready to, to throw ourselves on the line for you guys again. Yep. And, and I know people are still listening. I mean, I went and partied at uh, Jake Favreau and Clarissa Presley's house, and Mike Favreau was there. And I walk, I walk in, and Mike just goes, a body chiseled by Zeus himself. <laughs> As I'm walking awesome. in with beer. So we know you're <laughs> listening out there. We know you're here, guys. <laughs> Hey, we want some callers tonight too. If you're out there, we want to listen to your uh, to your opinions on some of our topics. So, mm-hmm. so let's let's start it up with the NBA Finals. Let's first things first. Before I start ranting about some stuff, is this the worst NBA playoffs in history? It is um, for a lot of reasons, but it's also super sweet for me because of the way the Cavs are getting their asses smoked right now. So, I think leading up to the finals, boring as shit, I honestly didn't care about it because I kind of knew what was going to happen. But uh, now that it's here, I thought there was a, I thought there was a chance that the the Warriors could sweep the Cavs. But I thought it's LeBron. I thought he's going to rise to the occasion. I know it's not they're not getting swept yet, but it's three zero and it's looking like there's a good chance. So I was mm-hmm. thinking, uh, you know. It, it, to some people, it sucks because it's not a competitive series. But to me, I love it because LeBron's getting his ass whooped and all the fans are getting bitter and they're acting, oh, I don't care. They're a super team, blah, blah. And then, you know, deep down, they're fucking crushed. And I love it. <laughs> well, of course they're crushed. Um, I mean, they're basically the, the same team as last year and they're hoping that they could repeat. And that would, Golden State's definitely not the same team. Uh, I mean, the biggest difference is I mean, you can tell watching the games, uh, like the, the Cavs started out the series by just trying to defend the three. And then Kevin Durant just drove to the hole and dumped every play in game one. Like it was embarrassing how many easy buckets they were getting because the Cavs were just trying to prevent the three point shot. And then they just pulled away. And then, it's it's been the same way. It was the same thing in game two, really frustrating. And then game three, the Cavs gave them their best shot. They were winning with a minute to go and then they blew it. So I think that was the, that was the heartbreaker was at home, not being able to pull it out at the end when it mattered most. And I think, I think there's no coming back from that. No, man, there is no coming back. It's over. I don't care if they win one game. They could even win two. It's not happening. They're not winning four in a row. Last year was a fluke. It is not going. It should never have happened. There's too many things that went Cleveland's favor when they were down three one for that monumental upset to happen. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Jamon Green went down in the game. Uh, the game to clinch the series, and Bogut went down, and he was dominating in glass. And it was just a. It was just a shitty situation for for Golden State, and you know. They didn't need to get Durant to win the series. I just want to throw that out there. A lot of people think, oh, oh, they just needed to go get Kevin Durant because they couldn't beat LeBron and the Cavs. No, they beat LeBron and the Cavs in the first series, and they were smoking their ass 3-1 in the second series. And it took 
some they monumental beat LeBron, crazy. Just LeBron in the first time, though. The second time they were up three nothing, beating their ass until they lost Three-one. two significant pieces. It never should have happened. They were Cleveland was never the better team last year. It wasn't even. It was not a debate in my eyes. Golden State was the best team last year. They're one of the best teams of all time. They won 73 games. They should have won the NBA title. Shit happened. Cleveland got their championship. It is what it is. I'm not going to go too much into detail about that. But too many people had so many too many expectations this year, and especially when Golden State added Kevin Durant. Like, what the fuck did you expect? The best team in history just added one of the better players, probably a top 15, 20 player in the league history by the time 20? he's done. Yeah, ever. Okay, okay. I thought you meant right now. I'm like, no, 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 ever. Uh, right no. when he when like, he's done, top two like, right now. <laughs> yeah, no, top twenty. Like when he's ever when he's done, and maybe yeah. even top fifteen. You never know. He, you know, he's got a lot, he's got like four scoring titles. I mean, the guy's a beast. He is what he is. He's stepping his game up. He's really elevating. He's young. He's only twenty eight. So I, I don't know a what a lot of people. Pussy. <laughs> he is not a gigantic pussy, and he's fucking playing defense. He's he's rising to the occasion. Possibly the biggest pussy in NBA history to me. Nope, not gonna yep. not gonna agree with you on that one. Oh yeah, I, I I have. All right, like literally, his team had a lead on Golden State. That didn't they blow a three-one lead against Golden State in the Western Conference <laughs> Finals last year? They they did. So him and Russell Westbrook, the best one-two punch potentially ever. They could have been like the Jordan and Pippen type of type of thing. And instead, he opts out of his contract, leaves Oklahoma City, the team that drafted him early, and then joins up with the team that came back on him 3-1. Uh, I don't know. I, to me, like I, I mentioned this to you earlier, like this is like, you know, you get beat up by the school bully, and instead of working your ass off and fighting back against the bully, you're just like, eh. I'm going to team up with the bully and pick on more kids. That's like, not that, how that's it what Kevin And I got to tell you, I don't know if you've seen this thing that came out today about Draymond Green and Kevin Durant. Did you hear about this? Go ahead and say it. Uh, Draymond Green last year, after game seven, went into the parking lot and called Kevin Durant and told him to come to the Golden State after they lost like he couldn't like he got fucked up so bad from that loss that he immediately started working to get Durant on the Golden State Warriors because he was so like humiliated and and broken. Why not? They're the, the best team of yes. all time and they had no business losing like, that series. They were the better team. They shouldn't have lost. He was distraught. Yeah. They had a chance to the the cap yeah. off a historic yeah. A historic run, well, and they. Whenever it up. I see Draymond Green talking to Kevin Durant in the game, I'm just going to be like, uh, all I'm going to hear is him going, "Remember that time I called you crying in the parking lot, begging you to come here, because we couldn't beat the Cavs." That's that's what I'm picturing. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> fuck the Golden State crazy. Warriors, <laughs> fuck uh, non-competitive NBA. I, and I didn't like it that the Cavs rolled right through the Eastern Conference either. So I mean, you know what? LeBron has nobody to blame but himself fucking self when it comes to these super teams. He, him, and the Boston Celtics he franchise. He didn't start it. He didn't start it. Give me a break. He, he fucking. They they had meetings to get him, Bosh, 
and weighed together. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying like, that he was the first super team. The first super team was Boston. And then he... No, not even Boston. Boston was one of them. I, I, I think this first super was, team was um, when Charles Barkley and Clyde Drexler teamed up with Hakeem Olajuwon to try to get a championship together. Maybe. In, with the Houston it, Rockets. They're towards the tail end of their career, though. Yeah, I mean, they weren't in their primes. Not but even they were just trying and, uh, desperately to get a championship well, yeah. type of thing. But the first super team was Celtics when they when they when they had KG and Paul Allen Pierce and, Pierce. and Allen and and Rondo all in their prime, and they and mm-hmm. three three of those guys came from other teams to get there. And well, not not Pierce, but um, Ray yeah. Allen and and uh, KG and that they formed that super team, won the title, and then LeBron's like, hey, I can't get to these guys, so. Let me have fucking dinner every night with my buddies. They tried to get they they tried to not only they not only had Wade and Bosch on board, but he tried to get Chris Paul and he tried to get Mello on board. Mm-hmm. I so will they, say this though. I will say this. When they formed those super teams, they were forming one from a team that wasn't that good. They didn't just team up with the team that just set the NBA best record of all time. To me, this is like. It does, to me, that's not. This is that like doesn't the mean Bulls shit. just won seventy-two games, and they won, and they and they beat the uh, Utah Jazz in the NBA Finals, and then Carl Malone's like, eh, later, Stockton, I'm gonna go team up with Michael Jordan." No, see, it's not like that. Because that's what it is to me. It doesn't Kevin matter. Kevin Durant, gigantic floppy pussy. No, it doesn't matter because LeBron, the, Le, no, LeBron and the Heat, they, they created a fucking super team. It doesn't matter how shitty – they could have moved that to any city, period. It didn't matter how if that team wasn't good or not. They added three major pieces to make that team ridiculous. And then they also added, like, Mike Miller when he was still shooting lights out. I mean, they added some serious pieces. That's just a role this. player, though. That's not a big deal. Well, no, 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 but that you're adding pieces that you need. And all these guys were taking – cuts to go join the heat to try and win a title and it was it was interesting man i mean i i Dude, LeBron, you were the biggest fan of that team so you can't complain yeah I, i'm not complaining did you see me complain about golden state i'm on the opposite end i'm i love it so obviously i'm i'm not changing i'm not changing suit at all i liked lebron until i went back to cleveland all you faggy fucking cleveland fans decided to jump shit back onto cleveland and lebron's nuts after you burned his jerseys and fucking calves for Mavs bullshit and trashed him for three years and just destroyed this dude's life, and all of a sudden decide he wants to jump shit back to Cleveland. All of a sudden, it's a huge, like, awesome thing. And LeBron's forgiven. All's forgiven. Let's fucking offer. Uh, LeBron offered his contrition to us, and it's all you know. It's it's good. No, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So. You guys made me hate my favorite fucking player. I love LeBron James. I ride and died that motherfucker since high school. I'm the one that followed him to the Heat to to to, to uh, you know cheer for him, except for when he played the Mavericks because that's my team. But even when he beat the Mavericks, I still felt a little shitty because my favorite player just got beat, and all this and all the Cleveland fans were rejoicing, rejoicing over social media that he got beat and just trashing him. He's a pussy and la bitch this and la bum that. Now he's back. And, he, and then I got like people like Bennis like sucking his dick off and like talking to me like he's the true fan. I'm the fucking true fan. I just couldn't stand being on the same side as you fucking people. I could not take it. I had to hate LeBron. On top of his whole fucking political agenda and all that other stuff, it was it was just not something I was. 
prepared to uh, to accept. So I, I jumped ship on that shit. I couldn't be a LeBron fan anymore. But he it was it it was it was horrible that I had to give up LeBron. But now I don't want him hey. to win. I like super teams, but at the same time, it is ruining the NBA. It is yeah, ruining the NBA, and uh, LeBron is a big contributor to that. And he even said today in a press conference that it, that it's that it's amazing for the NBA. Amazing. Yeah, he said it was amazing for the NBA. He said it was great for the NBA to have these super teams. He said that in a press conference today. Well, I don't agree with that. No, I, think, I don't. Know. I think we're 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 starting to see like, I mean, Charles Barkley. I mean, he, that guy is one of the most honest people about how his he's feeling. Like he doesn't yeah. give a shit, and he is like the entire playoffs. He's been like, go watch go watch the NHL playoffs. Those are actually yeah. entertaining. Those are actually yeah, competitive. But like, he even tra- showed up. Yeah, he at, did on NBC and was hyping up the during the Stanley Cup pregame show, and he was like hyping up the series, saying that he's he's excited to watch this because the NBA playoffs have been so bad. Yeah, he he uh, he. I yeah, think he, it's hilarious. And he was on there with Wayne Gretzky and everything. It was, it yeah, was pretty that was interesting, awesome. man. But you know, it's like. Um, it's like one of those things where I used to hate the NHL because I just didn't really care for it. I didn't like how I couldn't pronounce half the league names. And you know what I mean? There was no superstars that I could really relate to, but now that I start watching hockey a little bit more, it's actually a hell of a sport. It's more exciting. It it should be more popular than it is. Well, it's problem is it just doesn't translate that well to TV. That's always been its problem. Um, yeah, like it's amazing live in person. I've been to some games. I loved it, but like unless you're there, it's not so great. Like TV, well, it baseball. just doesn't. For some reason, it just doesn't translate. It's just it's tough to follow where the what everything's going on with the the puck. Um, well, with baseball, there's so many statistics and facts that they can just overload you with in between every pitch. Like it's. I think baseball's just as good, if not better, to watch on TV because there's so much information they can just pump your brain with during every at bat. But um, yeah, with with hockey, it's different. Like it's there's because it's constantly moving. They can't. There's no like a lot, not many pauses. There's. Remember when they uh, they used to glow yeah. the puck? They used to oh, glow I loved the puck. That. I loved. I thought that was the coolest thing, but it was really expensive. I guess so. The return. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was I thought that expensive. was awesome. Like when they did a slap shot, it was like a streak. <laughs> yeah, well, what was cool is because was you're right about the not translating to TV because you actually it's hard to even see when they score. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it they'll is. be like, oh, raising their hands in, and the you know whistles and bells and all that shit are going, and you're like, oh, they just fucking score. Like you know what I mean? You can barely see it. So when the puck glue was glowing, you could actually see it, but they stopped doing that apparently because you said it was too expensive. Oh well. I like it. I'll, I'll probably start paying attention to it a little bit more. The NBA is a dying sport. Is they're going to keep oh, doing this shit? Oh, it's definitely not a dying sport. It's just if it's they just, keep these super teams up, it's going to it's going it's it's, to hit. It's right now, the number one because it's better than the NFL in terms of creating superstars. Because I mean, they don't have giant helmets on their head blocking. You know, people can't even recognize half of the top NFL players. Oh, but shit. with the NBA, the NFL, center, NFL ratings are going to be NFL is always going to be the number one sport in America. I don't care what people say. Well, about I'm not the, saying that in the sport, yes, but in terms of no, like I'm the telling you right now, players being stars, it's NBA. 
the NBA is going to get to a point. I think they've already shot themselves in the foot allowing these super teams. Even the Clippers tried it. You got too many oh, good yeah. players on too little amount of teams. These lower markets, if it, if it keeps in this direction, there is still a little bit of uh, competitiveness, like even five years ago. But did you still have like the Heat having to battle like Indiana? You know, in the West was a crazy conference. Like you didn't know who the hell was coming out of there. And and it, and now it's you just know what's going to happen. You have these super teams are the only ones with a chance. Like even the Rockets. Like I think what the Rockets did this year was actually pretty cool. They're one of the better teams in the league, and I mean they have Harden, who's a superstar, but outside of him, you know they're kind of lame, and they won a lot of mm-hmm. games. So if you can get if you can get some stars, hopefully these rookies start playing. But these this one and done rules like watering down the league. Well, I mean, there's no real difference between one and done and the guys coming straight over from from high school. Well, that, I mean, one and done no, more look in the detrimental game, to uh, college many, ball. Um, well, no, because they didn't have the. There was a more people back in the day would stay longer when they were in, the, mm-hmm. in college. Now they're now they're just like there's this big like wave of guys that's coming in for the one year and leaving. And back in the day, the high schoolers, yeah, you had people coming out of high school getting drafted, but for the most part, you know, they didn't get drafted as much as people like to think they did. They just look at people like like Kobe and KG and. Kwame Brown and uh, some like Robert Swift, some other guys that came in to the league, they were like top top dogs, you know, that were coming out of high school. But that that shit didn't happen as much as people think it did. Didn't uh, um, what's his face came in came in there? T Mac, he came out of high school too, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there was a. I mean, Moses Malone, I think, was the first one, but then Durant became a stud, and then. And yet, you know, T-Mac, LeBron, a whole bunch of guys that, and I think they just got sick of it. They, I think they got sick of uh, the colleges getting screwed over and missing out on a lot of the top players. And <laughs> they came out with a one and done rule. Yeah. And it hasn't really helped the college game though. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times you get, I mean, Ohio state, I mean, it helped them for a little bit and then Thad Mata stopped recruiting. And then I think he just got fired or, yeah, they hired Creighton's so, coach. Yeah. So that should be uh, interesting. McDermott. But, yeah, that should be interesting, ugh. man. Mm-hmm. So you want to head into our next topic? Yeah, let's do it. I think I'll let you introduce this one. All right, guys, ladies and gentlemen. This topic is – so when you have a significant other, we want to know – when the appropriate time when you start getting comfortable with that significant other to start doing things that you wouldn't do at the beginning of the relationship, such as like eating a certain way, farting in front of them, you know, pissing with the door open, shitting around them, uh, taking showers in front of them, like all that stuff, anything nasty, anything that it makes you uncomfortable. Like when do you think that the time in the relationship you know, in a general relative sense would be the time when, when people are most likely to start doing that. Yeah. That, that's like the number, that's the milestone, right? Me to me, like there's saying, I love you. And then there's the first time she farts. <laughs> so, yeah. So what, and, if you're, in your me, opinion, what, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, I'm just saying for me, you know, guys farting, you know, it happens. Like we're expected to fart. We're nasty. We're gross. 
But when the chick farts, then you're you know you're in good you're in good hands. That's that's to me that's that's number one, right there. Uh, and honestly, I'm not joking. Uh, the the only time uh, that it's ever happened for me has been after "I love you" has been said in the relationship. So I think I think it has you have to you have to go to that point of love, and then then the nasty starts coming out. Yeah, man, I think uh, you definitely. I don't know, man. Sometimes it just slips. Like I got a couple of responses for some people tonight that uh, that I wanted to share. Um, I, I can I can keep them anonymous, but they're all women. And one <laughs> said that she's been with her she's been with her significant other for for six years, and she says she still doesn't fart in front of her her significant other. And uh, he he doesn't fart in front of her either. He goes she goes except for when he sleeps. <laughs> He'll be asleep, and she says he just bombs the bed sometimes and doesn't even realize it because he's sleeping. So, but she's That's saying that good. it's more along the lines of like uh, she just doesn't want to reveal herself in that nature at, at this point. And they've been together for over six years. Yeah. Uh, I, another friend of mine's like said that uh, she'll never shit in front of her husband or boyfriend, but they, uh, you know, they'll she'll piss in front of them, but she's not going to be farting or shit and doing anything crazy like that. And then I had another response that says uh, she doesn't fart in front of her husband. She has, you know, accidentally. <laughs> but she's so fucking embarrassed when it happens. And, uh, you know, she, if it accidentally happens, she gets, she gets to the point where she has to leave the room. She can't even like look him in the face. So I think, I think girls are a lot more, <laughs> I think girls are a lot more, uh, you know, subject to being shy when it comes to that kind of stuff where I've ripped one before <laughs> in, in front of multiple girlfriends, but I definitely have to feel comfortable. I'm not just going to be like, Hey, second date. <laughs> no, that's gonna be the point yep. where I, I think that they'll still come around once I'm done. Yeah. Uh I definitely think you will have uh yeah, to me you just have to pass like some certain threshold of comfortability where you let the guard down a little bit. Um like I remember uh, for me, it was, uh, I was date, I dated a one girl for four years and at, we got super comfortable around each other. I mean, it was, you know, if I farted, then she'd fart right back type of thing, you know, <laughs> like so, fart wars, like battleship, not fart wars, but you know, just, we just <laughs> laugh about it type of thing. Or, uh, they're in the bathroom and then they open the door while on the toilet and go, can you give me some toilet paper type of thing? Oh yeah. <laughs> just, Oh, so, shit. Yeah. I had so. a girlfriend one time that, like, she got she got real, uh, she was sick or something. She she got some shit in her pants. Oh, God. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't had She's like, babe, I'm sick. I think I'm sick. And she, and she wasn't all over the place, but she she had a, <laughs> she had to change her drawers and shit, and I saw it, and it smelled like ass. It was horrible, but I felt bad for her. It was more of, like, I feel bad for her, actually. There was, there is a, I'm not going to name names, but there is a certain friend of ours that's married to a certain girl that she shit her pants driving home from work. And she had this <laughs> shit in it. She's shitting her pants. She had to sit in it for like an hour. She said when she got home, it was like running down her leg and she had to throw her jeans away. <laughs> All kinds of shit. That's true love when you take care, take care of your wife when she's all full of shit. <laughs> I got a, I got a funny story. 
story. This is not anything to do with me, but it's a, a UFC fighter. You know, Chris Weidman, the former yeah. middleweight champ. Yeah. He was telling the story of how he met his wife. And on their first date, he had to take a shit so bad. And she was, <laughs> he was at her house and he was waiting for her to, you know, finish getting ready in the bathroom. Yeah. And so she was in the bathroom. So he took a shit in the trash can of her bedroom, <laughs> used his own underwear to wipe his ass, and then, like, took the bag of shit, it was like a, a bag in the, in the trash can, and threw it out the window. Dude. And then her family, and then her family found it <laughs> After, like, the next day. Just a Did bag of his right away. <laughs> Did he have to find it right away? I don't know. Oh well, my god, I thought dude. that was fucking hilarious. Like you, you should look this that, up. Like, dude, that kind Chris of man beating his wife story. It's like he he tells it, and it is it's hilarious. Dude, that kind of reminds me of. All right, so there's this one story. This dude I used to be roommates with, and he said this dude went out with a girl one night. And it was more of like a casual thing and they went to like a bar and they got shit hammered and he went back to her house in her apartment and they ended up falling asleep and they you know they had sex and shit and they were naked in the bed and I guess he was so drunk he shit the bed <laughs> he shit the bed no get this shit this is gonna be awesome I hope we have some listeners for this story we have the, a dude that woke up found that he shit the bed he took the shit Placed it in behind her, like and, and kind of smooth, like smeared it on her ass. Her? Wrote her a note saying, "I cannot believe you shit the bed. How could you do that? That was disgusting." <laughs> wrote the letter, placed it, <laughs> placed it on the damn dresser, grabbed his shit and left. She woke up the next morning covered in the shit, thinking that she shit all over the bed. And she read the note, and she was so fucking embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man, I remember there's a <laughs> this dude we know, Paul. He fucking he like pissed the bed. <laughs> he got up and left and blamed it on the chick. <laughs> <laughs> These dudes just framing bitches with their, with yeah. their pissing but, shit. Do you remember? Stories. Do you know who Tucker Max is? No, who's that? Oh, Sounds like a guy battery. Like a yeah, he was a guy that did uh all. He he told all these goofy stories from. Uh, drinking stories and stuff. Like he had a movie. I hope they serve beer in hell and a book. Yeah, yeah, that's like him. That. That's okay. his name. Yeah, that's him. Okay, but uh, yeah, he had a he had a hilarious story about him, uh, like puking behind uh, the bed, and the, her, her dog was eating it, and their dog was throwing up everywhere, and he blamed the dog for that, and then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then he pissed the bed, and he pissed his own bed. The girl was staying over. And then he blamed the girl, and then she woke up and she was like crying and saying, "I don't understand. I still have to pee right now." Like, <laughs> and then the chick like oh, left man. him a check for the new mattress, and <laughs> so yeah, it's like the the, the piss blame has been uh, a time honored tradition, I guess. Dude, I think I told you guys that story about when I peed on that girl at that party. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Oh, dark. man, I'll tell you what, there's probably all kinds of funny-ass first date stories, people doing crazy shit. That's another topic we'll have to get into, I think. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Oh, I we think, can. I think, I think next episode, we'll, we'll, we'll devote it to first date funny stories. All right. I'll and I'm going to... I'm really going to fish for good stories and have people call in and talk about them. I'm going to work hard on that one. And we can also delve into this a little bit more, maybe have some people talk about some stories about how they, uh, you know, the shit that they've done in front of their spouses. I've done everything. (laughs) I've, I've puked piss shit in front of all my, all my most recent girlfriends that have been serious. (laughs) Oh, good. What about you? Literally. (laughs) <laughs> All right, no, man, what I, I, yeah. for me yeah, the, I, there was only the one that I was comfortable enough to do everything so never was Dude, my, for a long time. My, the mother of my, my son Gray she's fucking she always farts on my ass now to this fucking day <laughs> ridiculous keeper. keeper yeah she's something I don't know about a keeper <laughs> All right. She's more so, of a pain uh, in the ass. But anyways, yeah, what do we got next? We got fucking UFC. All right. Yeah, next up, there's been a lot of drama going on with the UFC. Uh, just to, to lay it out a little bit, um, TJ Dillashaw was supposed to fight Cody Garbrandt at, let me double check what event. I think it was UFC 214. I just want to double check to make sure that I got this right. Um, all right, this is not good radio, but no, it's fine. Um, oh, yeah, because they were coaching against each other on the Ultimate Fighter 25, yeah, and they were going to fight in the main event of UFC 213, uh, which is next month, July 8th. Uh, but Garbrandt got hurt. He's got back problems and pulled out of the fight. So, and Demetrius Johnson had been working to have a fight against Ray Borg in the flyweight division. And if he won, he would, I think, either tie Anderson Silva's title defense record or break it. I think he was going to break it. And then the UFC told him to scrap that fight and fight TJ Dillashaw and defend his title against TJ Dillashaw. And Johnson said no. Uh, he, and then he, there was a whole bunch of drama that went on. The UFC's really been trying to pressure him to fight Dillashaw. And Johnson wrote a five-page response. I don't know if you've seen this, Sharples. I did not see yeah, the five-page response. Yeah, he wrote a five-page response, like airing his grievances against the UFC about how little they've promoted him and uh, the public pressure they've been trying to put on him, first to fight Ray Borg in the first place, and then to not fight Ray Borg and instead fight uh, T.J. Dillashaw, so uh, just all kinds of crazy shit, and and he's and basically Johnson is standing up for the little guy to me, uh, but a lot of people see things different ways. Some people are siding with the UFC; they're they're pissed that Johnson isn't fighting Dillashaw instead. Um, so I wanted to get your take on it first, and then I'll offer my two cents. Look, I get some of the grievances that that uh, Johnson has. I'm not saying that he has no leg to stand on, but what I'm also saying is that this guy has cleared out a pretty weak division in general. It's, it, uh, I'm not saying he doesn't have tough guys, but it's a pretty weak 
it's a pretty weak division. They have to pretty much, you know, clutch at straws when they're trying to find somebody to fight this dude for a title shot. They had to, they they gave the tough champion a, a title shot against him. That's how bad this division's been. They say everybody says, oh, he cleared it out. He cleared a bad division out. There's nobody that's good enough to even rematch him. And it's I, I don't think I. I think he's a hell of a fighter. I'm not downplaying his skill set, but I'm also not going to blow his skill set out of the water because he's beaten the shit out of a pretty weak division. And he already, he already. I thought he got, I thought he got dominated by Cruz when he was up weight. So, and to me, he's saying TJ's not a champion, and it's not a mega fight. That is the best fucking fight he's ever had besides Cruz, and he lost that fight. TJ is a former champion. He's a hell of a fighter. His only losses are some sick fighters. He's on a, he's on a top of his game right now, and I think that uh, it will be a hell of a fight, and it will, and it will prove a lot for for Johnson if he took the fight and won. People will start giving him a little bit more credit, moving up, and actually winning a fight against a, a formidable opponent. And uh, I think he's pissing it away. I think that he 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 wants that he wants that uh that fight win streak which I don't give a shit about because Anderson Silva did it against far greater competition in the small stacked weight class in that time period and 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 I think that uh I, I don't give a shit it, it's not gonna matter to me that that DJ's got a fucking this fight win streak it doesn't it's not gonna impress me it's not gonna make me think that he is pound for pound the greatest fighter ever it, it, it is what it is this is a shitty division and he needs to move up and fight him. That's my take. All right. Well, I'll point out a couple things. Uh, Johnson actually was pushing for a super fight, um, and he wanted to fight Cody Garbrandt. Uh, he wanted to fight the champ. Yeah. So, But the UFC told him that they didn't think that fight was marketable enough. Like, that's literally what they told him. And then they instead went with uh, Garbrandt against Dillashaw. So then he was like, okay, well, I'll fight somebody else. And then they pushed him to fight Ray Borg, who I think is a fight away. He's not ready. But they, 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 won, they pushed him to, to make that his next fight. And then when Garbrandt got hurt, then the UFC is saying, Dillashaw, who is not the champ, is the marketable fight. When they, didn't, when they said that Johnson versus Garbrandt wasn't marketable. Like, how is Dillashaw more marketable than the champ? So um, I think that's 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 a lot of like double speak from the UFC. Well, they got that beef with, with Garbrandt and, and TJ. Well, I know, but I'm saying beef and it's it had some drama. There's no They're beef on between TV. Johnson and and TJ though. That's what I'm saying is like they're saying that TJ versus Johnson is marketable, but Johnson versus Garbrandt wasn't marketable. No, I, that, How? that I I agree with you on that. That. I, I have no defense of that. That I didn't. I, I don't have anything really good to say about the UFC's brass in general. But uh, I guess from my standpoint, I just wanted I wanted Johnson to take a fight where he could lose. Oh, he's taken fights where he could lose. I mean, you look at the people Who? he's fought. Look, look. Here are the people he's fought during this stretch. I will name the, the guys that are. All right. Cejudo. Cejudo was an undefeated Olympic gold medalist. I, I know more about I know more about and Johnson took him out in two minutes and forty nine seconds of the first. You round. want to know something about that? Cejudo yeah. is one of the best wrestlers in the UFC because he's Olympic gold medalist, and I, I've known about him for throughout my high school career. Mm-hmm. He's a, he was a well known wrestler forever. I, I I've watched him wrestle a hundred times. That is a huge feather in Johnson's cap. 
that, that he no, didn't just beat because, him. He crushed him. This is not – he has no striking. He's a, he's a fairly new striker. He did have striking. He was a Golden Glove boxer. Do you know how easy it is to be a Golden Glove boxer? I know it's easy, but, I mean, it's not like the guy didn't know how to strike. I mean, in his next fight, he took on Joseph Benavidez and stood toe-to-toe with him, and I thought uh, he won that fight. He lost, like, a, yeah. a close decision. Yeah, I watched that fight, too. Um, that was a crazy fight. I love Cejudo. I'm not saying that he's a terrible fighter, but I don't see them as, as like, a, a dominant, marketable win. I think it's just he beat oh, I, I definitely an Olympic champion. But and then, then he beat Dodson. You have Dodson beat twice, him. and Dodson is extremely formidable. I mean, that guy is a nasty bantamweight now. Like, he left the division that Johnson beat him so twice. Uh, like, the first time it was actually pretty close, Dodson hurt him. And then Johnson just smoked him the second time. It was basically a five-round ass-kicking. Um and then Joseph Benavides, he faced him twice. The first time it was a close decision. Second time, Johnson smashes him in two minutes and eight seconds. Knockout. I'm just so, saying. Johnson's got he, a couple losses. good people, though. Kyoji Horiguchi is insanely talented. Um, he is the only time that Johnson has uh, – or that, that Horiguchi has ever lost at 125 pounds was to Demetrius Johnson, and Johnson finished him. So, uh, Horiguchi is a is a great win. I, I honestly think Horiguchi is still eventually going to be a champion in that weight class someday. And, and you, you talk shit about Johnson at bantamweight. I mean, the guy was an undersized uh, bantamweight. I mean, he, he's not a bantamweight. He's flyweight. And he took on Dominic Cruz, and, and he lost. And that was at the peak of Dominic Cruz. And Cruz didn't even stand with him in that fight, if you remember Cruz oh, he didn't want to say he, he took him down for five rounds. He beat he um, was he was fucking beating him up. I thought I thought he went. He did. He took him down for five rounds and he was landing some ground and pound. And that was the last time that Demetrius Johnson ever lost was at Bantamweight. He, well then he had that draw with uh oh, He did have the draw with but at any time that uh, he's ever had a, a rematch with somebody, he comes oh, out McCall. and smokes him the next time. So he had the draw with McCall and then he faced McCall again in a rematch. And destroyed him. He had a close decision against Joseph Benavides, faces him again, beats him in two minutes. Had a close decision with John Dotson, faces him again, five rounds, wins all five rounds. So, I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot left to prove in the in the, the flyweight division. And that's why he wanted to fight Cody Garbrandt. So I think what he wants is uh, to get this feather in his cap with the, the title defense record. And then he wants to, to fight the champ. Or maybe he will fight uh, Dillashaw, but he wants to, to break the record first because, I mean, how can you possibly uh, trust that T.J. Dillashaw will make 125 pounds? And they, and they were saying that, that they didn't do like it for... Or something? No, it was... Why would, he, why would Johnson even want to do a catch weight? Like he wants yeah. to defend his title. So... And then he wants to, to move up. Do 125? He could, I think. Uh, I think uh, Garbrandt oh, when you get, has when you the, get the size that if he really wanted to, he could. So, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I totally to Johnson. I honestly, have, I have him at number one pound for pound in MMA right now. I would have John Jones if he was fighting regularly, but he's just not. Uh, I, I still think John Jones overall is the better fighter, but 
uh, in terms of right now and consistency and everything, it's got to be Demetrius Johnson. I mean, the guy, let's check right now. How many title defenses does he have in a row? I think like 10 or 9. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 10 title defenses in a row. That's amazing. And I know you're, you mentioned that Anderson Silva had like that great run against amazing middleweights. He didn't exactly have the, the greatest run against amazing middleweights. I mean, you look at some of the guys, uh, Talis Latis, Damian Maya at middleweight, Patrick Cote, James Irvin. Like to me, the only really impressive people that he beat at his peak were like Nate Marquardt when Nate Marquardt was a monster uh, the Chael Sonnen comeback, and like Dan Henderson, and, and maybe Yushin Okami. I mean, I thought and Vitor Belfort. So I mean, like four or five really good. Oh, when he when he fucking uh, kicked that. When he kicked that. Uh, Belfort in the face. Kicked him in, Belfort in the face. That was awesome. It was. It was sick. So I mean, yeah, Anderson Silva. I'm not gonna take anything away from Anderson Silva, but I think Demetrius Johnson's run is just as good. Uh, I, I know that Connor doesn't fight, but I think Connor's pound for pound the best fighter in the UFC. Um, well, he has proven it at multiple weight classes. Although Demetrius Johnson was at multiple weight classes, he was good enough to get a title shot at 135 uh, before dropping down to 125. So I got to give him some props too. And I think Stipe's doing good or Stipe. Stipe. Oh, Stipe's an animal. He's, I he's, can't he's believe. A hell of a run and. Uh, He's about to set the heavyweight title defense record because heavyweights are like, they hit so hard and uh, that nobody's ever want defended the title more than two times in a row. Ever. Yeah, I know. Brock and Stipe's now done and, it twice. So if he wins guy? again, he's the all-time winningest heavyweight champion. <laughs> Dude, I like Max Holloway, man. What a beast. I he, honestly he, did not expect player. him to crush Aldo like that. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he's beat Aldo. He's beat Pettis. He's beat uh, uh, Oliveira. He beat Jeremy Stevens. He's beat that, uh, Lamas. Uh, I mean, who, who's left in that division besides Connor? Maybe Frankie. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, just, that's that, he's a hell of a fighter. I like him. And I'm glad. I, I hate Aldo. I'm not a fan of him in the slightest bit. He's a fucking I like Aldo, bag. but I hate that he never defended the title consistently. Like, he was always oh. injured, always whining with the pulling U.S. management. Out, yeah, pulling out of fights, whining. He's always got that stupid face. He's just, so, he's I, I'm glad that Holloway's there because he's going he's gonna to defend that title consistently and often. And I'm, no. I'm excited to see... Oh, I'm a huge fan of his. I love the, I love his comments when he's done. He's like, I'm not chasing Conor McGregor. Basically, he's like, I love to fight him. He's a hell of a fighter. Didn't talk shit. He just says, you know, and Holloway's the only guy McGregor hasn't finished in the UFC. Yeah. They went to decision. He did beat him up pretty good though. Well, McGregor basically took him down. <laughs> he used his wrestling because he hurt his knee. Yeah, I remember that. Couldn't, his knee was huge. Yeah, no, dude, Holloway is a ton that of was, fights. That was that was really one a ton of fights their UFC career. So I I would love to see that fight again someday. Yeah, he's got a bunch of fights in a row though that he's that he's he's riding a pretty long win streak right now. Mm-hmm. He won like eleven in a row or something like that. He's pretty sweet, dude. I like Holloway. I like Holloway. Mm-hmm. 
that's my take on that, though, man. I think okay. that uh, I think that the UFC needs to needs to get their shit together, paying the paying the fighters too. Oh, for sure. They're, they're drastically uh, I will always be supporting a fighter pay. Like, there's a reason that there's so many fighters that are complaining about how the UFC treats them lately, and so many people are leaving and going to Bellator. So, we'll see uh, how how that all falls out. But it's it's definitely not over with the UFC and Demetrius Johnson and. It could just be the beginning of something, too. So, okay. I think that we've talked uh, UFC to death, at least for now. So, I do have a question. Uh, what do you, do you want to – do okay. you think that Connor is going to sign – or he signed it. Do you think that Mayweather will sign that contract to fight? Depends fight if uh, Mayweather needs the money because, I mean, if he if – because he, he's going to get paid. It's just, I guess, if he can get however much that he wants to get paid out of it and he thinks it's worth it, then he'll do it. Because McGregor's ready, UFC's ready. I don't know. I, I I'm sick of waiting. Like, yeah, I want to see McGregor hold, which is yeah, really annoying. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to see him fight. He's so he's so entertaining. So entertaining. you know, shit get off the pot. You know, yeah, with, with Floyd, I want to see it just because <laughs> just to get it over with more than anything. Yeah, and I'm with you on that, bro. I think that. uh I I don't even think this fight's really worth the, the money, but I would definitely watch oh, it. Oh no, I think it's gonna happen. be a terrible fight. It'll be yeah. like Pacquiao, Mayweather all over again. Shit ton yeah. of hype, and then Mayweather will just be using his defense and dancing around and picking his shots, while yeah. Ma- McGregor goes for you know the kill with every shot he has. Yeah, so, yeah. I think it's gonna be a terrible fight, but it'll make a lot of money. I want to so see how they're probably still gonna do it. Fight him. Yeah, they'll probably fight again, I think. You think they'll fight again? No. Holloway and, and then Gregor? It could happen. Uh, like right now, I'm just waiting for McGregor to defend his title. He's still never defended one of his titles. I know. You believe that? <laughs> yeah. It is what it is, man. He He's moved around. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. So I think that uh, ends up ends that segment so let's move on to the Sharples rant of the week oh. ah! <laughs> all right guys uh, I'm going to talk about uh, dynasties today and I want to talk about bandwagon fans how people you can't ever be a fucking fan of a team that wins, no matter what it is. It, it was like, for instance, when the Vikings were on the brink of going to Super Bowl, I've been a Vikings fan forever. I got called a bandwagon fan because they're about to win. And same with the Texas Rangers when the Texas Rangers were going to the World Series. That was my first favorite team ever for any sport, period. There, I was a fan of the Texas Rangers before I even got in kindergarten. But as soon as they started winning, I'm a bandwagon fan. And it's like anytime. Like, nobody can be a Patriots fan. Nobody can be a, a true, uh, you know, unless you're from L.A., you can't be a true Lakers fan. Uh, you know, you can't be a Yankees fan. Like, if you're a fan of a winning organization, you're just considered a bandwagon fan. Or I can't – I can't – I'm getting called a bandwagon fan if I if I cheer for the Warriors just because I like the way they, they're put together and I, and I want them to beat LeBron. But you're a bandwagon fan. Uh, nobody's been a Dubs fan since, you know, before Curry and name these players. And you know what, bro, if I, a lot of these people are talking shit, 
I could I could go back to their favorite fucking team and have them name the starting five for you know Sacramento Kings in 2003, and they couldn't fucking do it. But you know they want to act all high and mighty because like everybody thinks it's like it like gives you street cred to be a fan of a shitty team that never wins. You know, but you know, I think it's fucking retarded. I think it's retarded. You should be able to allow, you should be allowed to cheer for players. Just because I cheer for the Tom Brady and the Patriots doesn't mean I'm a Patriots fan. It means I love fucking Tom Brady and I want him to win the 25 rings. That's it. Doesn't make me a bandwagon fan. I just want to see people succeed. I love dynasties. I think that's what a lot of people that are quote unquote bandwagon fans they. Uh, you know, they like their, their, there are certain players that they like. I know how it is for me. And I know when I've talked to other people, that is how it is. Like I wasn't a heat fan, but I like LeBron. I'm not a fucking golden state fan, but I really love Curry. He's one of my favorite players ever. That's how it is for me. And, uh, I think that people shouldn't bitch and moan at their own teams. When their teams come out of nowhere and start winning, they're like, Oh, I was a fan forever. And these fucking bandwagon fans, bro, that's your team. You should want your team to be supported by everybody. You should love the fact that your stadium's packed now. Your team has the momentum. They get the whole fucking stadium behind their back. That helps. You now have home field advantage by association with all the the, the, the stadium packed, you know, the court packed. It, I don't get how it's a problem that people start joining these fan bases when, when the team starts winning. It's not a problem. If you're from Denver and Denver starts winning, but you really didn't pay attention before, well, maybe they didn't give you a reason to pay attention before. Now they're winning. It's exciting. Why can't you why can't you enjoy the excitement with your, you know, fellow city, you know, the whole city? I don't I don't get it. I don't see the fucking problem with it. I think everybody that that starts calling people bandwagon fans, they're just fucking bitches. And I'm gonna call you a bitch right now. You're a fucking pussy. You shouldn't care what people do. Let people choose who they want to cheer for when they want to cheer for it. Stop being bitches. That's me. That's all I got to say. <laughs> uh, good shit, Brandon. I, I will say, to me, it's not my problem with uh, people cheering for teams that are winning. It's that they only cheer for them when they're winning. You know what I mean? So yeah. I got no problem with you being a fan of the Vikings because they were good uh, back in the you know late 90s, it's if you had stopped being a fan of the Vikings and then decided, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to be a fan of uh, you know the Patriots, and now I'm going to be a fan of uh, the Seahawks every year. Like it's the people that are constantly switching loyalties and buying jerseys of all different teams and and all that shit. That that's what pisses me off. Well, well, in 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 defense of this is that I I. I... <clears throat> People call me a flopper or anything around because I will cheer publicly for other teams. And my my case is it's always 100% because of there's a certain player on that team that I really like. Like, I will cheer for Peyton Manning because I like Peyton Manning. Tom Brady is my favorite player besides Randy Moss. They happened to team up before, you know, for a couple of years. So I got to cheer from the whole – I love the Patriots that year when they went undefeated. I had my literally mm-hmm. my two favorite players. Randy Moss being my number one by a mile. They're on a team together, setting records. It was exciting. I'm not jumping ship on the Vikings. I'm not jumping ship on the Mavericks. I'm not jumping ship on the on the Florida Gators if I'm cheering for like Bama to win I, or like some other teams that I like. It's just the fact that in that particular case, my team's not there, 
So I'm going to cheer for a certain group of players that I like compared to the other team. And that's just it. But at the end of the day, my loyalty still stands with my team. Other people consider the fact that if your team isn't there, like you're not allowed to participate in any sort of, you know, excitement in sports, apparently. So if you're a fan of the fucking twins over the last couple of years, apparently you're supposed to be giving up midway through the season. You're not supposed to enjoy baseball anymore. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's bullshit. If, if I want to cheer for a team that's winning because my favorite players on that team and my team shit, I should be able to enjoy at least something. And that's my <laughs> point. You're not, you're not, you're not getting rid of your team. You're not jumping ship. I'm, I'm not like, I don't, I don't claim the fucking Patriots rings when they win. I'm like, hell yeah, Brady got another ring. That's literally what comes out of my mouth. And then I say the Patriots are just an amazing organization and Belichick's amazing coach, but I don't, I don't claim those rings as a fan. You know, it's the only thing I've ever got to claim is a Florida championship when they won in football. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never had a ring any other time ever. Well, Mavericks, Mavericks gave me a ring when they beat LeBron, but that's it. Mm-hmm. So when people call me, a bandwagon fan, I jump ship. I have no rings. My teams don't win shit ever. Hold on, Florida. That's it. Florida. That, that is it. But I'm talking about like, I've never won a Super Bowl. I've never won a World Series. That that's important shit. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even like basketball that much. So one of the teams that won me a title was the Mavericks, and I'm like, that was cool for like one day. And I woke up the next morning like it didn't change my mood. I didn't go to work the next day like happy as fuck. If the Florida, if Florida wins the national championship, I'm happy for a week. If the if, if the if the Rangers would have pulled those World Series out, at least one of them, I would have been happy for an entire fucking year. I've been waiting so long. You know what I mean? Oh, I'd, have been, I'd have been happy for the rest of my life if the Indians pulled it yeah, off in '97 no, or last year. Oh yeah, I would have been happy for the rest of my life. But you know, the actual feeling of excitement would not have left my body for a long time, and I would have loved mm-hmm. it. And I was almost there. And same with the Vikings. I've been waiting a long time for the Vikings. You know, they weren't. I'm not saying I'm from birth, but, you know, mid-90s until now, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're talking almost 20 years I've been a fan. I'm, that's yeah. 20 years of a 30-year lifespan. So it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Two-thirds of my life I've been waiting for a Super Bowl, and, they, and they've, and you know, nothing but heartbreak with them either. So I've taken my share fair of lumps. I don't, I, don't, I don't appreciate, you know, being lumped in with other people that are fucking up sports fanhood. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... I think we've talked that one to death, so I think it's time for Hem Gems. Wow, winning. Thank you, Charlie Sheen. Now, moving into what I've been watching for the past few weeks, what I've been into, uh, there is a show on Netflix that I fell in love with. It is so good. It's called Bloodline. I don't know if you've ever uh, heard of it, but I have. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it starts the, the dude that was the main character of Office Space. I mean, how, do, how, do you, how can you not love that guy? But it is <laughs> just this amazing drama. Um, and it's a simple story about the, the family fuck up coming home. Uh, all the, the kids are grown up and, and they have a, a checkered past that, uh, slowly gets revealed throughout the first season and leads to like this intense uh, decision that the kids make and everything. I mean, it is just, it's a simple story, but it is told so well with such great cinematography and everything like that. 
other shows that have super complicated stories and and all kinds of shit going down and monster budgets just aren't able to pull off quite like what what Bloodline does. So I highly recommend at least watch the first season if you you're not interested after honestly if you watch the first episode and if you're not interested after the first episode I think something's wrong with you. Like it's just a show that is spectacular and not enough people know about it. Like that's that's the only thing that's going against it right now. So highly highly recommend Bloodline. And then for uh, something else I want people to check out, it is a comic book I checked out. It was Seven to Eternity, I think, is what its name. It's just a fascinating, like, fantasy style where, like, basically the plot is there's this terror, terrorizing king that rules over everybody, and he basically gives people an offer and then if they accept it, then they have to accept like a piece of him taking like over them. And then he gives them whatever they desire. And, and then whoever hears his offer, like they get fucked, fucked up because it's like whatever it's the thing that they've always wanted the most. And, and they're trying to overthrow him. And like this guy basically has eyes and ears everywhere because there's a piece of him in like everybody in his kingdom. I mean, it, it's, it's a really, really interesting story. I don't want to give up too much for it, but uh, it's about these people that are trying to take him down. So you guys should really check it out. Uh, I, I read the first trade of it. It's like the first like six comics all in one. And I'm going to be feasting on them uh, once I can, Next time I head over to Rupps in Fremont. So, <laughs> seven to Eternity. Highly, highly recommend it. Great story. Like one of the more interesting universes that I've seen in all of my comics that I have or have read. So uh, that's it. Those, those are my two gems for the week. So uh, Seven to Eternity and Bloodline. Um, all right, buddy. Yep. Sounds good. Um, yeah, does everybody check us out? Uh, we're gonna be posting these clips on you know, SoundCloud, YouTube, all that shit. We'll get we're gonna get back on track, start planning some good episodes for you guys. I can't wait for football season. I think that's when we're gonna really peak and have a great. Ep- look, we're gonna be able to talk more and have more interaction with fans. I think right now, just people are people are not really giving a shit about this NBA season, and mm-hmm. I think that uh, we're you know we're too early in baseball season for anybody to really care. You know, I can't wait for football. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. And uh, and we'll be back next Wednesday at 9 p.m. NBA Finals will probably be over by then, uh, barring a ridiculous Hopefully. comeback that I just don't see happening. So yeah. um, there shouldn't be any disruptions. So 9 p.m. next Wednesday night. Make sure to tune in. We'll be here live on Blog Talk Radio. With uh, We'll have the live chat room going. And uh, we'll be bringing the funny as well. I'm sure we're going to be brainstorming a lot over this next week. And one second, we just as we're getting ready to wrap up the show, we got a caller from the 404 area code. Uh, who are you? Where are you from? Uh, this is Nas in Atlanta. How you doing? What's How up? you doing, Nas? What's up, man? Uh, not much. I saw the 
the headline for the show, so I just wanted to check it out. Uh, what are we talking about now? Uh, well, we were just getting ready to wrap up the episode, but yeah, we were talking about uh, the NBA Finals, and then obviously the the Demetrius Johnson situation uh, with the UFC. Did you have anything on your mind, or are you just uh, tuning in? Uh, well, I mean, NBA Finals wise, I mean, I I I think we all saw what we knew we would see. If you have a seventy three win team that has the second best player, this is what you get. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's an arms you- race. <laughs> who who are, uh, who, are you, who's your team? Are you a, a, a Hawks fan? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, think... uh, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, it is what <laughs> I don't respect. Okay, they they had a run last year, or no, it was two years ago maybe when uh, you know it just seemed like they had that perfect team that got off to such a hot start, and then I don't know what happened, man. Well, Everything what, just kind of went to shit. What's your what's your take on LeBron if he gets swept? Do you think that it pretty much ends the convo with Mike, him and MJ? Uh, no, and I really don't go into the, the one-on-one comparisons too much. I just do, you got your Hall of Fame, and then you got your special room in the Hall of Fame. And there's certain people who can walk in that room. He's one of those guys, you know, Kareem, Will, Russell, Bird, Magic, George. You know, those people are Kobe. They're in that room. Everybody else is on the outside. Because it's yeah. too hard to compare everybody by era and basketball. I mean, it, basketball is so different from other sports because there's a limited amount of talent, and anybody who stacks it during any given period, you're going to win. If, if Jordan had to play Carl Malone in, in Stockton and they added Akeem Olajuwon, would he have won that last three-peat? Probably not. You know what Probably I mean? Probably like, not. Yeah, so how the talent is distributed changes a lot for me. So I'm not big on – you know, whether this guy is better or that guy is better. So I, I kind of just deal with it like that. Yeah, and I, I can agree with you. And plus, they're different players. You know, LeBron does things better than MJ that, you know, MJ never did. And MJ, you know, the way he take take over games and the way that he's going to take over that last shot of the game, like, you know, he was second to none. So they just both do things that put him in another tier above any other player that's ever played the game. So you can't really compare that. It's different eras, you know, different competition. You know, LeBron in his career, he's he's played some pretty stacked teams. You know, he 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 had to ran into a pretty a monster in the Spurs two times. You know, yeah. he he played a, a Mavs team that was just playing with nothing but heart and was ready to roll. You know, and you know he played some good teams. I think uh, I think a lot of people forget about that. So I'll give LeBron a pass on that one. You know, his his yeah. finals record and and look what he's running into this time possibly <laughs> the greatest team of all time or, you know, top three greatest team ever. Ever I mean, it's, it's up there. Yeah, it's, it's up there. They got everything. It's, Shooting, yeah. defense, passing, rebound. They got everything, so it's up there. But, I mean, I, I think the only chance Cleveland had was to try to do something crazy. Uh, and you just brought up that Dallas team. Remember, Dallas brought out that zone against Miami whose sets weren't that crisp, who were just getting to know each other, and that zone kind of changed the whole direction of that series. Yep. So I, I think Cleveland should have tried something as dumb as a zone against a shooting team because you can't guard them. And it was evident from, you know, from the first game on. Yeah. So I guess we'll just see the sweep. Yeah, we're going to see the sweep. And I think – do you think that these super teams are, are going to continue and it's going to end up killing the game, or what do you think about that? No, I think that's just the direction basketball's always gone in. Now it's just being player-driven as opposed to being front-office-driven. Uh, 
just I mean, just think about some of the trades we saw back in the day when we were younger. It was just a case of we had competent front offices just every year just tricking bad front offices out of their assets, and then those teams would be loaded. So, I mean, now we're just seeing it happen just through free agency where big chips are, fall, are you know, moving. But, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it <laughs> that, is. That Brooklyn Nets team is not an exception, uh, you know, the trades they've made the past couple of years. You know what? <laughs> You're right, and you know, and, and we're also in the in the in the social media era, where you know you're going to have a lot more, you know, people are going to blow this up on social media. It's going to go viral on Twitter, everything. You know what I mean? And it doesn't, it has a bigger impact on the world now that you know everybody gets a big mouthful of it. You know, back in the day, you had to pick up the paper to read what's going on and when a trade happened. You know, maybe get on, you know, dial up internet and get on ESPN. You know, to figure out what was right. going on and how everything's in the palm of your hand. People overreact. You know, right. it, well, think, think about this. Golden State was a 73-win team, and they lost in a game seven to an all-time great with two all-stars on his team. And everybody laughed at them for a year. Yeah. Like, what, what was the shame in that? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I like the way you're thinking, man. You're, good, you're a good call. I like that. You're right. I never really even put it into that perspective. You, you thought, I thought that. I even kind of thought it was a fluke, but now that you kind of put it in perspective, you do have an all-time great and one of the better point guards in the league, and Kevin Love, he got, he showed up. Yep. You know? Yep. And now right. he's going to go crazy on the front office, and I guess they'll come back with Mellow or something. So, you yeah. know, arms race continues, man. <laughs> but y'all have a good one. I got to read this. Uh, what's his name? Demetrius Johnson? I didn't even see this story. So I got to read oh, what man. you guys are talking about. Yeah. You got to read – what Demetrius Johnson, the statement he put out, like he dressed down Dana White in the UFC, like a five-page statement that he posted on Twitter. So I'll uh, I'll post it on our At Odds Podcast Facebook page if you want to check it out. So Okay, will do, man. All right, man. Appreciate you calling in, buddy. Yeah, thank you so no, much for calling in. Uh, you too. No problem. Bye. Bye. Oh, I love it. I love the – Random callers that drop in right at the end. That was that was no, fun. He's knowledgeable too. He's knowledgeable. I like that. Oh, he, that he was a good guest. I I like that. I think he, that's the second time he's called in. He's great. Yeah. Um, so all right, I think that'll uh, wrap things up though for today's show. So we'll be back same time, same place. Actually, not same time, same place. It'll be next Wednesday at our regularly scheduled time of 9 p.m. instead of Thursday at 10 p.m. and uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot to talk about. We're going to have some nice brainstorming sessions this week. We're going to come up with some cool shit for next week's episode. So you will not hey, you want to miss it. We will de- – if you want, we can we can yeah. troll a wall or we can rickroll. We'll no, I want to rickroll. I love rickroll. I'm rickrolling them. <laughs> All right. Get rickrolled, bitches. <laughs>
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.